uh, and I'm super excited to be preaching to you guys tonight. Um, I'm so excited, um, and uh, I've been actually preparing for this sermon since I was in sixth grade. Um, I don't know if you guys know that. I, so that, that's me. Um, yeah, that, that's me in sixth grade. Um, that was like some purity series thing. We, we talked about girls and what it means to grow up and stuff. It, it probably should have been puberty series. Um, but anyways, um, so that's me in sixth grade. Um, so I'm actually using that picture to start a competition with the other interns to see who can put uh, the most awkward middle school picture up. So um, the interns coming up the next couple weeks, um, you, have, uh, you have a good challenge. So um, that's me, and this is me too, um, believe it or not. Um, but truly, guys, it, it's an honor to be up here um, speaking to you guys. Um, it's crazy that I'm actually up here speaking in front of over 200 college students because if someone had told me that four years ago or six years ago, I would have thought they were crazy because um, I was super socially awkward and I didn't know how to interact with human beings. Um, so uh, I guess I can tell you guys a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm Robert. <laughs> uh, I grew up in Mount Juliet my whole life. Uh, went, whoo, went to Mount Juliet High School, um, home of the Bears. Go Bears. Uh, I grew up there my whole life, though, um, and I'm, uh, my, my parents still live there, so when I go home, that's actually where I go home to. Um, I have a wonderful sister, um, and she has two children, my, my niece and nephew, and I think we might have a picture of them, maybe. Um, maybe not. I don't know. There they are. They're really adorable, and I just wanted to share you guys with them because... Um, because they're really awesome. So, um, anyways, my sister lives in Kingsport, Tennessee, um, and she's six years older than me, and, and she's been really wonderful to me. Um, and she actually went off to college when I was in sixth grade, when I was that awkward, uh, that that thing that was up there. Um, and so she went off, and I actually felt like an only child for six years, and, and, and that, that kind of made me more introverted and stuff, but that's a whole other story. Um, I want to tell you guys a little about myself, but first off, I want to tell you guys that if, if there's guys in this room that I don't know, um, like, I want to hang out with you guys. Um, I'm sure I know some of you guys, but um, if I haven't met you at all, like, please, after the sermon, um, come up to meet me or, or find me. We can exchange numbers and, and go hang out together. Um, because I'm doing this internship for a whole year because I really want to hang out with you guys. Uh, I want to get to know you, and I want to care for you, and I want to walk alongside you guys uh, and talk about Jesus. Um, a couple things about me, um, just some hobbies of mine that I like. I really like long walks, and I like to go get coffee. Um, I got a film camera about a year ago, so I really like taking pictures. Um, that's become like a new hobby of mine. Uh, I like to read. Um, I play piano, so sometimes I'll come up here and play piano, and it's really soothing. And, I, and I've actually been playing since I was four, and it's just one of my favorite things to do. Um, but these are all really boring things that I like to do, and I don't like to go skydiving or, or rock climbing that much or do crazy things. That, that, that's, that's awesome, fun stuff for me. So um, that's who I am. Um, I guess I can talk a little, about, little, little bit about my time here at UTC. Uh, just four years ago, I was a freshman, like some of you guys in here, and I lived across the street at Stagmire, Stag Swag. Um, that's where I lived uh, freshman year, and my first semester as a freshman was really hard, but I came to Freshmania on Thursday nights, which is awesome, and it's a time where you can meet freshmen and uh, establish some sort of community. And we have awesome Freshmania leaders, and that was something that I got plugged in with every Thursday night, every week, uh, my first semester. And I also came to the house on Tuesday nights, and I sat somewhere out there, and um, I was pretty lonely because I didn't have too many friends, um, truly. Um, but. Anyways, during that spring semester, 
I started walking across the street every day. And where I found real community um, with, the, with the house was just by coming into the hub every day, grabbing a cup of coffee, acting like I did homework, and just pretending that I do homework, because that's what people do down there. <laughs> they don't actually do homework. But, um, but yeah, I'd come into the hub every day, and that's really where I established a lot of my community. So if you don't know what the hub is, it, it's a place downstairs um, that's for you guys, for you guys to hang out at. And um, I became a hub rat. Um, I know that, that the phrase is thrown around some. But basically, since spring my freshman year, I was a hub rat. And I, I've hung out there a lot up until my senior year. Um, and freshman year, I'd, I'd make Vine videos when Vine was still cool, I think, uh, and stuff like that, and be really goofy and not do homework. But that place is for you guys, and that's where I really got connected. Um, it wasn't until senior year in my spring semester where I started questioning what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I'd come in as a mechanical engineering major, and I quickly switched from that to exercise science because I'm not very smart. Um, but I quickly switched to exercise science because I was like, I think I might want to do physical therapy, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I kind of wanted to put that on hold uh, spring of my senior year because I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that yet or commit to anything. So I said, I guess I'll become an intern or at least apply. Uh, and maybe I can hang out with students for a year and also discern maybe what I want to do with my life. Um, and some, they saw something in me, I guess, and, and they hired me, and so now I'm here speaking to you. Um, so now I'm an intern, and it's, it's the best job I've ever done. It's, it's really cool. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, this, this summer, I actually uh, worked really hard on an application for physical therapy school. And this was a big deal, guys, because I spent four years of my life studying really hard and, and getting a grade and shadowing under a physical therapist to, to get this application together. And what was crazy was that um, just two weeks ago, um, I received news that I did not expect to hear. Uh, it came really, really early, and I was not ready for it. I found out that I'd been accepted in my dream school, which is really, really cool, right, to go here to UTC to practice physical therapy. And that's what I've been working for the past three years. And so it was super cool to see all that hard work pay off. So everyone's thinking, okay, Robert's life is good, his dreams are coming into plan, his future is bright, right? That's what, that's what I thought, too, for a little while. I thought life was working out pretty, pretty well for me. And the, truth, the, the trick is that it was super exciting. It really was exciting. It was an honor to get that, that acceptance letter. But guys, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. Because for four years, I'd been working for, so hard for something, and it finally became tangible to me. I didn't know what to do with it. It was a beast. And I think the scary part is that just two days before receiving that news, I had texted Jason Leonard, who was just up here. I texted him, and I literally said to him, hey man, I don't think I wanna do physical therapy anymore. <laughs> That's what I said two days before getting the acceptance letter to my dream school. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty crazy. God gave me news when I least expected it, um, at a time where I just didn't know what I wanted in life. And so naturally, guys, when I discovered the news, I became super worried. I started asking a lot of questions. I started saying, what will this look like financially for me? Am I prepared to enter that much debt? If I say yes, am I committing the next 25 years of my life to this? What if I'd be better at doing something else, like starting my own business or doing professional photography? That'd be pretty cool, right? I really like where I am now, though, in this internship. Does, does, does that mean I still do ministry? Does, do I pursue that? Actually, throw all that away, because this past year, someone told me that I'd be a really good teacher or be a good tutor. So maybe I should do something related to that, right? 
What if I don't like all the paperwork that comes from being a physical therapist? What if I get burned out on it? What if I don't like it after a couple years? I really want to raise a family though. At least that's my hope and dream. I think it'd be really cool and, and that would be a great career to support that. These are just some of the questions that were racing through my head. And I'm sharing these with you because I think oftentimes when you guys enter into a situation that you don't know what to do, and it's confusing and it's just a dilemma, you guys don't know what to do and you ask a lot of questions. You're, you start thinking about a lot of hypothetical questions and, and start trying to play every possibility out in your head and you don't even know what tomorrow will bring you. It's very stressful. And for those couple of days, those questions were circulating in my mind. I was stressed and I wasn't present. And this hindered me from being a lot of good things that I normally am. It hindered me from being a good core group leader, a good intern, a good son, a good, a good boyfriend, a good friend. It kept me from being present and being myself. I was in a restless, emotional mess. I don't know if you guys know what restless means, but it literally means that I couldn't rest. And that was a problem for me, you guys. So, tonight I'm gonna conf I, I, I confess that I struggle to rest. We're gonna be diving into what the Bible has to say about that and what Jesus has to offer us. Um, but before I go any further, uh, let's go ahead and pray. <sighs> Dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the house and uh, this ministry and what it, what it brings to people. I pray that as I speak tonight, it's, it's, it's not my words, but um, I pray that it's your words. I pray that uh, truth can be spoken tonight and it's straight from scripture, Lord. Keep me from heresy and, and give me grace when, when I might not have all the perfect words. Um, I pray that students hear about your rest and hear about the invitation that it is and that they can accept that tonight. Pray that they have open hearts and open minds to what is on my heart and um, just what they need to hear. Uh, it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. I confess that I struggle to rest. And I know when I say the word rest, a lot of you guys think of physical rest, right? Because you guys get like four hours of sleep every night and you guys, on the weekends, when you have your days off, you're actually studying for the tests that are coming up that week. And you guys are constantly filling your schedules, right? You guys are constantly busy. I actually went into the sermon thinking that that was the rest I needed to talk about, that physical rest, because that's what I struggle with. I really, like I, I've always struggled with physical rest because I've always felt the need to be busy and doing something, and I don't know how to, to take a break and get away from that. I thought that was the rest that we all need help with, and that that was the rest that I need help with, and truly that's what I thought I was going into the sermon preaching about. But uh, in this process, uh, I figured out that that's only a part of the rest that I'm talking about tonight, or what I want to share with you. I'm talking about a rest that we can, that we can trust in Jesus, that he's in better control than we are. I'm talking about a rest that, that quite frankly, is very difficult for me, because I have a lot of internal battles and barriers. I'm talking about a rest that is ultimately an invitation from Jesus. I've been talking to quite a few students recently in the past week, and I feel like a lot of you guys are exhausted. Like truly, I feel like you guys are a, lot, a lot of you guys are exhausted. We actually gathered here to pray um, before, before the service tonight, and one of the students said like, that he feels like UTC's campus just needs rest right now. 
And I, and I promise I didn't set him up to say that. Um, it's just truly what he felt. And so I, I hope that, that, that what I'm saying tonight is um, reassuring to you guys and that you guys can, can find rest. Because I think a lot of us are exhausted right now. And if you aren't exhausted right now, there's gonna be some point where you are. And you're gonna want this rest that's being offered by Jesus. Um, Tyler, do you, do you mind putting up Matthew 11 for me? Great. Um, so here, uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, all things have been handed over to me by, the, by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's what Jesus is saying. Uh, if you could keep that up for just a second, that'd be great. Um, there are a lot of questions that you could ask about this passage. I'm gonna start fleshing it out and start unfolding what's kinda going on here to, to help you guys understand a little bit, a little bit better. You'll notice that Jesus starts by defining himself and establishing his authority. Imagine if you walked into class tomorrow and someone that could pass as a student, someone in their early 20s, got up and started writing on the board with no introduction at all. Would you, would you start taking notes? No, I'll picture this. What if that, uh, that same person came in and they said, I'm Dr. So-and-so and this is English 1020. I don't know this for a fact, but I think you'd be more willing to trust that person after knowing who he is. You'd probably be a lot more likely to take notes after that. So truly, guys, it helps to listen to what someone says if you know who they are. And I think that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. He's telling us who he is because what he's about to tell us is something that he wants us to listen to. He wants the people listening to know that they can trust what is being said. He wants us to know that the God of all creation is about to teach us something that's gonna make our lives easier and lighter. I feel like that's something we should want, right? Something that we long for. We're so busy and exhausted and we, we can never find rest. This should be something that we're longing for, to find rest. After this, he then invites those that are carrying many burdens to find rest in him by taking his yoke upon them. And so do you, do you, mind, uh, do you mind putting up the picture of the, the yoke? Okay, so that's, the, the, it's not the cows, those are cows, but the, the wooden bar on the cows is the yoke. Um, and so maybe when you guys have read this passage or heard about it, you've maybe thought of an egg yolk or, or something. Um, you, you can cross that off the list. It's not an egg yolk. Um, it's, it's actually a wooden bar, right? And so it's a wooden bar that fits over the neck of these two animals. And this is attached to a plow so that it may be pulled behind them and they can actually like, do work together. And so in this passage, there are two yokes that, that Jesus is talking about. First, he's talking about his yoke that he's offering us, but that also probably means we have a yoke too. He's offering up his yoke because it's honestly much better for us than his, or he's offering up his yoke because it's honestly much better for us than our yoke. A more relevant example would be like if you went to the ark tomorrow and went rock climbing, imagine if you showed up and you had work boots that had been used on a construction site and they were muddy and they were really big and they were, they were hard to go over your leg and um, your, your, your foot didn't go into it nicely and it, it was loose and it just didn't fit well and they were, it, they were heavy and cumbersome, and they weighed a lot, and they didn't grip the wall well. That's kind of what our yoke looks like, y'all. 
But Jesus' yoke would be something like some $300 pair of rock climbing shoes at Rock Creek, which is like a specialty shop for outdoor gear. That's what his would be like. It would be perfectly molded to your foot. It'd be super light. It'd grip the wall well. It'd be designed specifically for you. And so you can see from this picture that there are two holes for the animals. And I think oftentimes, instead of taking Jesus as a yoke upon us, we're trying to wave him over to us and place our yoke on him. Because he's over here and he has his yoke and he has, a, he has an open spot for us. And then here we are over here and we have our yoke upon us, our wooden bar with an open spot. And we're trying to wave him over here. We're saying, Jesus, get under our yoke. But that's not what he's saying right here, guys. That's not what, he, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, take my yoke upon you. I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but Jesus is saying, look, your burdens are not fit for your shoulders. My burdens are, and I have few of them. He's saying the shoes that I have for that rock climbing wall are way better fit, and they're gonna work way better than those shoes that you're bringing in. He's saying my yoke is better than yours. Let's use our imagination for a second. Picture how difficult it would be if you came up next to Jesus to put on his yoke. So I have this, this yoke on my shoulders, and I come up under his with mine still on. It's not gonna work. Something has to give. I have to take my yoke off to put his on. So the only way we can completely put his yoke on is if we take ours completely off. I'm gonna say that again. The only way we can completely put his yoke on is if we take ours completely off. I know a lot of you guys are, I guess like a lot of you guys have new roommates um, this year, whether you be on campus or off campus. And you're probably getting out of something I like to call the honeymoon phase. And I know this is a real thing because um, I was an RA for two years at Walker. And there, truly, there's, there's something called the honeymoon phase. And for the first four weeks, it's basically where your roommate is not doing the dishes. And for a little while, you just kind of brush it off. And you're like, that's cute, you know, whatever. And then after a while, it's, it's not, you realize it's not cute anymore. And it's actually very frustrating and annoying. And you start to build up anger, right? It's so exhausting because we hold on to that anger. I don't know if you've probably experienced that type of anger, whether it be towards a roommate or, or someone broke up with you and you hold on to that anger. And it's so exhausting. It's so exhausting because it's our yoke and it's not the yoke of Jesus. You see, with that roommate, we have to come to a point where we say, Lord, you know better than I what to do with this situation. I know that you love me and I know that you love my roommate too. So forbid me to do anything without your will and blessing. My, my hands are open, Lord, so what would you have me do? I think that's what Jesus wants when he says, take my yoke upon you. He wants us to loosen our grip and learn from him and find rest in that. In that situation, your yoke is anger and his is forgiveness. Which one do you think is lighter? Which one do you think is lighter to carry? This is one of many examples of why resting in Jesus is really good for us. A couple of years ago, um, I had a friend that, that wronged me and he did something really mean to me. And I was really mad at him and angry at him. But a couple of days uh, had passed and a Saturday morning rolled around and he really needed help moving in. And while I could have been really angry at him and, and decided to sleep in, I decided to do something different. I decided to take Jesus' yoke upon me and throw mine off. So I sacrificed my time and I went to go help him on the Saturday morning. And what's crazy is that by the end of the day, I wasn't angry at him anymore, guys. 
In fact, I loved him better, and I found rest in taking Jesus' yoke upon me. You see, resting in him is truly good for us, but we have to accept his invitation. In Matthew chapter 11, he's inviting us. It's an invitation. It's just a matter of whether or not we're willing to accept that invitation. So I think the big question that I found myself dealing with and, and struggling with was, why are we not willing to accept that invitation? Like truly, why aren't we willing to? For myself and many people here, I think the deeper issue at hand is a lack of trust that Jesus can handle our situations better than we can. We like to trust our yoke more than his. So with my situation of grad school, I lack trust that he could handle the future better than I could. You see, when I don't give him my worries, I'm not trusting in him. And that means I believe my yoke is better fit for me than his is. It's like going to the rock climbing wall and thinking those really heavy construction boots that you probably got from Walmart are probably not, you think those are way better than the ones that Jesus is offering. The rock climbing shoes that are designed for that wall. Jesus is commanding us and inviting us to take his yoke upon us. But how can we trust that, we can, that he can carry our burdens better than we can? How can we trust that? How can we give our worries to him and trust that his way won't be burdensome for us? How can we trust that forgiveness towards your roommate is gonna be a far lighter load to carry than anger? How can we trust what Jesus is offering here? I don't know if you guys know this, but we're actually told in scriptures that his commandments are not burdensome. They're not. Like God actually loves us so well that he gives us an invitation to live a life where our burdens are light and the yoke we put on is easy. That's a good God. It's very plainly written that his commandments are not burdensome. Um, do you guys, do you mind putting uh, 1 John 5, 3 up? This is what it says. It says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. Guys, his commandments are not burdensome. Like, do we trust that? Like, do we trust that? We have to trust that. That Saturday morning when I followed Jesus' commands for my friend that was moving, I felt a huge burden lifted. If you're angry at your roommate for not doing dishes, I would encourage you to wash his dishes and then fold his laundry on top of that. When you put this type of yoke upon your shoulders, it might still have a little weight and it might still have a little burden, sure, but Jesus promises that it's gonna bring you rest. And when you do that for your roommate, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be up all night thinking about how angry you are at him. You're not because Jesus is gonna give you rest in that situation. He's gonna help you forget it. Jesus is reaching out his hand to us so that we may take hold of it. He really wants us to trust in him and have faith in him. He wants us to trust that he can handle our life situations, our worries, our burdens, our anxieties, our roommate problems far better than we ever could. I know midterms are coming up, which is probably really, really worrisome for many of you. I know that friendships can be very difficult during your freshman year. I know that you're worried that you're, you're gonna lose the friendships that you have at home, the ones that you've established in your local community or church or high school. You're worried about losing those, but you're also worried about how the heck you're gonna develop those new friendships that are gonna last you through college. You know, the ones that everyone talks about. If you're a junior or senior, maybe you're starting to worry about what the heck you're gonna do after college. Because quite frankly, you've been on a track your whole life and you're about to derail. 
and you're about to go into a stage of the unknown and you don't know what that looks like. Maybe you're worried that things aren't gonna work out with your boyfriend or girlfriend and you're not ready to face those facts. Are you worried that you're gonna be single the rest of your life? Are you worried that you're not gonna meet your spouse in college? Are you worried that, that you're in the wrong major and that if you switch majors, you're actually gonna disappoint your parents because you're fulfilling your own desires and not theirs? Are you worried about that? Are you worried about how you're gonna pay rent this month? Maybe you're worried that you can't find a job and you really, really need money. Are you worried about how you're gonna be able to put up with your roommates for a year, especially the ones that don't do dishes? How are you gonna deal with that? Maybe you're a transfer student and you're worried that you're not gonna fit in well because you missed your shot as a freshman. Whew, take a deep breath. That was, that was a lot of worry that I threw at you guys just now. My freshman year, I was on the floor of my room in Stagmire, right across the street, crying on the floor because I, I didn't have many friends. And I was worried that I chose the wrong college. I was worried that I had failed. And that wasn't the last time I worried, you guys. Two weeks ago when I found out about the news about physical therapy school, I was worried about something that was gonna take place a year from now and I didn't even know what tomorrow was gonna bring me. I was worried that what I'd been working so hard on for the, for the past four years was all gonna go to waste, that it was a waste of time. I'm not even sure what I wanna do for my career anymore. That is so much worry, that's so much worry. And that's what's, that's what's promised when we keep our yoke on, when we keep our burdens on. You see, when we push the yoke of Jesus away and live life with our yoke, worry is just what's gonna come from that and, and anxieties and burdens and so much more. And do we really want that? Do we really want all that? Jesus wants us to take his yoke upon us because it promises rest, you guys. And I'm not a salesman, I promise. I didn't get a good degree in marketing, but a yoke that promises peace, forgiveness, and rest is gonna sound a heck of a lot better than a yoke that weighs us down with anger, worry, and anxiety, and whatever else may face you. A yoke that is light and perfectly fit sounds so much better than a heavy and uncomfortable yoke. Those rock climbing shoes are so much better fit for you than those clunky work boots. Jesus' yoke is gonna get you up the climbing wall better. His yoke is better fit for us. It's more comfortable. So brothers and sisters, which, which yoke sounds better to you? Jesus is inviting us to take a yoke that is easy, but we have to trust in it. We have to trust that it won't be burdensome. We have to trust that he, what he's saying is true and we have to trust the scriptures. We have to trust in them. And the thing is, he doesn't want to share our burdens with us. He actually wants 100% of our burdens. He's not saying, take off half of your yoke and put half of mine on. He's saying, take your yoke off completely and come under mine and take my yoke completely on. What's great, guys, is that when he invites us into this, he uses the word all. He says, come all. Like, that's super exciting. He's saying you don't have to have certain qualifications, certain requirements. He's saying you don't have to come worry-free. He's not saying you have to have no burdens to come. He's saying come as your broken self. He's saying come as your broken self and I will give you rest. There are burdens with being a follower of Jesus. I, I can't ignore that. So like when we give him our burdens, he's gonna have burdens in exchange for us. 
But let me tell you guys, he promises that they are far better than we can ever imagine. Because his burdens are light and his yoke is easy. When I heard that I had been accepted into grad school, I wish I hadn't worried as much as I did. Because that's two days that I'm never going to get back. Two days that I could have been present. Two days that I couldn't have just tossed away stress. It's two days that I could have been more rested and been a better friend and boyfriend and intern and core group leader and all these things that make up my life. I could have been a better person to people, guys. And I could have had peace in that. Like truly, I don't know what's gonna happen a year from now. But I figured I could say yes and, uh, for now and, and find peace in that. I figured I could find peace in that for now. I have until June to make up my mind for grad school. And it's just silly to get worried about it. When I see where I am today and I, and I look back at all the major decisions that I made, I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I worried about that. Like if you think about the last situation that you had where you were worried, were you, were you actually glad that you worried once it had passed? I don't think you are. It's not worth it, you guys. My hope for all of us tonight is that we could give our worries our anxieties, our burdens to him completely and see that he is good. My hope is that we could come up under Jesus' yoke and take it upon us. But in order to do that, guys, we have to take our yoke completely off and we have to get rid of it. That's the only way that we can take his on completely because he wants 100% of our burdens and he's gonna give us 100% of his I hope that when we have decisions we, and when we, when we start worrying about everything, that we can just find rest in him and find peace in him. My hope is that we can give him our burdens. We must take off our yoke and take his upon us. We must trust in him. Trust that he's better in control than we are. Trust that he knows what he's doing. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Let's pray. <sighs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, thank you for your truth. Um, thank you for your Son. Uh, thank you for the sacrifice that, that he made, and, th and thank you so much that he's offering up a rest that is really, really good for us. and something that we need and something that helps us live better. Thank you for that. I pray that we have the courage to give Jesus, um, to, to give you our, our, our burdens, our anxieties, everything that's weighing us down, I pray that we can give that to you and we can find rest in you. I pray that we can take your yoke upon us and get rid of our yoke because yours is just so much better fit for us. Um, keep these students safe and as, as they go into midterms and the rest of the semester I pray that you give them rest and that they can seek the rest in you because there's no other rest like it Lord thank you so much um, for these students and, and thank you for this ministry and uh, I pray that as we continue to worship that we can give you our burdens and, and find rest in you it's in your name I pray amen